Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. The name of Jesus, we thank you for the breath in our bodies. We thank you for the clothes on our backs. We thank you for the shoes on our feet. God, we thank you that we can see, we can hear, we can talk, we can walk. God, we just thank you, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We praise you in this place, God, because there's no one but you. We honor you today. Father, I thank you that I have been, we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And as I open my mouth to teach your people, I thank you that you have already filled it. I thank you, God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you on this morning. I thank you that the eyes of our understanding is being enlightened today, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us with on the day who believe. We honor you and we glorify you. And we thank you that it's already done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you would on today, we going back where we have been. Turn your Bibles again to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And I'm going to start again at verse 10 and end at verse 11 again. Hallelujah. We honor God, we honor his word, and we want to turn our hearts towards him in this place. And I pray that you have already prepared your hearts to hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say unto you today. Amen. The word of God now reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'm going to say it again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You may be seated. I'm talking again about the armor of God. I don't know if some of you are aware of this. The majority of you may be aware of this, but we're in a spiritual battle. As long as you're here on this earth and as long as you have breath in your body and you know him, you're going to go through a battle because the enemy is coming to seek whom he can devour. He's coming like a roaring lion. And we as saints, the set-apart ones, have to be ready for this battle. We know that the battle has already been won through Jesus Christ. But the enemy wants us to think that we don't have what Jesus died for. 
And if you don't know what Jesus have died for, then you will be living like someone without that inheritance. Amen. So we got to know what we have in him. It's more than just going into the word. It's going into the word and allowing the word to get in you. And I believe sometimes we do quick fixes. Quick fixes don't work no more. You can't go to people all the time and expect them to give you what you need. You have to get into it for yourself. Don't get me wrong. We go to people to lift one another up. We want to do that. We want to pray for one another. But you got to get it for yourself that when people are not there, you can grab hold to it for yourself. And grabbing hold to it for yourself is even when you're talking to people and they're out of alignment, you know they're out of alignment. And you can cut that conversation off because you know what the word of God says to you personally. You got to have such a relationship with him now that you're born again. That relationship go into fellowship that no matter what hits your house. Let me tell you something. It'll hit. It'll hit. Some of us get too comfortable because we think we're okay money-wise. We think we're okay health-wise. We think we're okay mind-wise. We think everything is okay and we're living that life and we don't have no troubles. But I'm here to tell you, the Bible says that he is a present help in time of trouble. Why would that be put in the Bible if you're not going to have any? He's letting you know that no matter what, come, I'm present. I'm going to be your present help. But if we don't know these things, we're going to lean on the arm of the flesh. And the Bible tells us we cannot lean on the arm of the flesh. It said, put no trust in no man. You got to trust God to the point of you know him for yourself. We are living in an evil world. Y'all, things are so twisted now. Even in the church, it is twisted And people are going along with twisted doctrine. But it says we're living in the last days. Perilous times will come. And when you're in your Bible, this shouldn't be a shock to you. When you see churchgoers acting like worldgoers, it shouldn't shock you. Because this is happening right before your eyes. People are using the word and they are twisting it. And people that are up under that twisted doctrine are believing lies instead of believing the truth. And they have a whole house full of them. So I bid you today. I plead with you today. Do not take this teaching lightly. This is the third Sunday I have been teaching on it. And the reason why I keep going over it and going over it and going over it. Because I want you to know the battle is not with flesh and blood. The battle is not with flesh and blood. The battle is right between your eyes. This battle is in your mind. It's in your mind. And if you don't know how to fight this battle, you're going to go through things that you don't have to go through. They will come, but you don't have to accept what's coming. This is why Paul was talking to the Ephesians. He said, finally, my brother, and he's talking to the Christian folk. See, we come into the house of the Lord. This is just a building, y'all. You're the church. You're the church. Everywhere you go, you represent him. You are a representative of Jesus, of God. So everywhere you go, you're supposed to represent him, his characteristics, his way of doing, his way of being. We only come into this house to fellowship. 
to share, to participate in, to be on one accord, to get the same teaching. That's why we come in here. This is why the doors are open for Clem, for Bible study. So you can get more deep into what you can't get on Sundays. So you can be taught the way you need to be taught. So you can go out the building and share with what you've been taught. It ain't only for you. It's for people that are outside that's dying. People are dying left and right. They're just dying out of nowhere. But we supposed to be the ones, the ones that are living, the ones that are getting taught. We want to make sure that their business is fixed. Some people die unexpectedly, not looking to die. Everything is okay, but all of a sudden they're gone. So we have to make sure that we're getting taught the right way so we can go out and teach others. This is no game. Don't buy a Bible if you're not going to use it. Because it's going to be one day you ain't going to be able to pick up this Bible. The word got to be so much in you and grafted in you. That when somebody say something to you, you will be able to answer from within. Not head knowledge, but heart knowledge. God wants some heart knowledge, not head knowledge. Head knowledge don't last when tragedy comes. But when you get it deep down on the inside, when things hit your house, you may be shaken, but you're not going to move. Because you know who you are. You know who you belong to. So you're going to shake. But that wolf ain't going to be able to blow that house down. This is why he says, whosoever hear these teachings of mine, whosoever hear these teachings of mine, when the storm come, when the wind blow and try to blow down that foundation because it was built on the word of God, built on Jesus Christ, that foundation will not be moved. But if you do not hear these sayings of his, you build in your house on a sand, on sand. When the storms come, that house is going to fall because it's how you have built that house. And I don't know about you. Every day I take this word seriously. Every day I get before God and say, God, it's not about me. See, Galatians 2.20 mean a lot to me, y'all. Because when God revealed that to me and gave me revelation, it was a time in my life. That I was going into the word and things was happening in my life. And I didn't understand why these things still happening. God, I'm speaking your word. But why are these things still happening to me? And that's when God revealed that verse to me. And how he revealed it to me, it was in my spirit. But guess what? My mind hadn't got renewed yet. So when I started renewing my mind and getting into the Bible, when I started asking him questions, God began to bring the verse back to me. He said, you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you that live, but it's Christ who lives in you. And the life that you now live, you live by the faith of the son of God who died for you and love you. And I'm like, God, what are you saying? He said, you making this about you. He said, you got to live according to my son, not according to how you feel or what you're going through. You got to take the word for what it is, no matter how your body feels, no matter what's going on in your family, no matter how you're being talked about. You got to live as being crucified. Y'all don't know what crucified is. When you are crucified, that means it's no longer you no more. It's all about what he wants. And when you trust him, you know everything that he wants is good. 
You may be going through a trial right now and you may be going through and going through and going through. But you got to know that he is who he say he is. And he has done what he says that he will do. He's not going to do nothing else. He said, the only thing I need for you to do is pick up what I already done. It's already yours. You don't have to work for it because my son already died so you could have it. He said, did you know that you were redeemed? Did you know that the price was already paid for you? That's when you can say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You can't even say that if you don't know what it means. Paul said, I only speak what I believe. We don't just speak just to speak to let people know I speak this. We speak because that's what we believe and that's what we're standing on. Not just to get something, but knowing what I already got. You got to know what you got. You can't be waiting on God to do something. God's already done it. So you grabbing hold to what he's already done. And one thing I know about God, even in my worst times, I got peace. And I know when I have that peace, guess what? I know God's in the midst of it. I know he's in the midst of it. When everything seems like it's tore up and it seems like it ain't working out, when people are cutting the food, when things are going haywire in my life, I still have peace. I still have joy. Why? Because I'm feeding off of him, not feeding off of how I feel. When you feed off of your feelings, you got flesh. But when you feed off to the word of God, you in the spirit. And the spirit overcomes the flesh. So Paul had to let them know, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. He said in the Lord. He didn't say in people. He said in the Lord. So your strength, your might, everything comes from him. It does not come from anybody else. How does it come from him? Because you're born of him. You're born from above. When you accepted that, when you said I do to him, that means you're saying he's my master. He's Adonai. He's my Lord. Everything that he want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. That means that I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to take up my cross and follow him. Everything that I want to do, all my desires, uh uh-uh, I'm going to put him first and I'm going to put him foremost. That's a relationship. That's going into fellowship. How about married men and women in this place? When you said I do, when you stand, and the funny thing is, they put you right in front of an altar. You're right in front of that pastor or whoever's marrying you and you you're saying things after they tell you to repeat those things see the problem is people are so quick to get married but they're not getting counsel they're not knowing what marriage is all about see when you get married ain't no more about you it's about that spouse too ain't no more about what you don't want to do it's about what they want as well because you're one you're one flesh so we're in it together This is a oneness. It ain't about my money and your money. No, baby, it's our money. It ain't about I can't have your bank account number. Yes, baby, give me that number. You got mine, I want yours. This is detail that you need to find out. All of these things before you jump into a marriage, you need to find out if he's in debt or she's in debt. Because if you jump in that marriage, you in debt with them. That debt belongs to you as well as them. See, these are some of the things that we need to be taught. 
And believe it or not, these things are in the word of God, but people don't want to hear the truth. They want what they want when they want it. They want the man because they look good. They want the man because they think he got money and don't know the man is staying with his mama. The man is driving the mama car. The man is borrowing the mama's money. The man is doing everything through his mama. And you feel so good because you reject it. That you think this man loves you so much, he's whining and dining you on his own. No, when the mama cut him off, you cut off. That's why you got to have a relationship with God. So we have to be strong in him. That means our dependency have to be on him. We went over the scripture, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. That means everything that I do. When I feel like I'm weak, I'm strong in him. He said, let the weak say they're strong. You're going to be strong in him, not in your own self. Sometimes you might be dog tired. But when you know there's things you got to be done, get to get done, you say, Lord, I thank you. I ain't going off of me today. I'm going off of you. I thank you that you're the one that's empowering me to get through what I'm getting through. I don't feel like doing it, but you're giving me the strength. You're giving me the empowerment to do what I do because your words say I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. There was a minister. He was frail and he was very little. But he knew he had to work. He knew he had to make a living because the Bible said if a man don't work, he don't eat. So he had to get out there even in the midst of his ailments. And they would talk about him and say he ain't going to make it the next day. He said, but what they didn't realize, I wasn't dependent on me. I was dependent on that verse. I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengthened me. So every day I would be repeating that as I'm working. Before I lay down, I'm repeating that verse and say, God, you're the one that gives me the strength. It's not me. You're the one that empowers me. God, you know my heart. That man outlast. The biggest man that was on the job picking at him, he couldn't last. But he outlast them all. Why? Because God is greater. God is greater. He's more powerful. So when you say, my strength is not in me, it's in him. He's divine. I'm the branch. I get everything I need from him. And when you truly know that and have revelation on that, you can do all things through Christ which strengthen you. So we have to understand, first of all, what the word is saying. Do not pick a scripture just to pick it. When you go into the word of God, he'll light up that verse. That means don't move. That means stay right there on that verse because God is speaking to you through the word of God. Don't say, you know, I got to read the Bible in a year, so I ain't got time to stop there. You do have time to stop there because God has said, I want to talk to you. I want to give you some revelation. I want to give you some insight with that verse of scripture. It's more than just open the Bible and say, you know, I've been in the word today. Okay, if you've been in the word, you should come out with the characteristics of God. You shouldn't come out the same way. Because whatever you are reading should bring change in your life. It should bring some enlightenment. It should bring a way of living that you haven't lived before. That's what the word of God is to show you your new identity. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. People should see the new 
you. They should see the new life that's in you that comes from inside out. So Paul say your dependency, first of all, is upon God. It's not upon you. I like the scripture that he says he give power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increased strength. So when you grab hold to that, he even said, young men are going to get weary. They're going to, just because you think you young, you don't get weary. You don't feel like you're going to faint sometimes. Yes, you do. Young and old get weary. He's letting them know. He said, but I give power to the faint and to them that have no might. He said, I'm the one that increased your strength. He said, I increased that strength so much. You're going to mount up with wings as an eagle. You're going to run and not get weary. You're going to walk and not faint. Why? Because you're going on my might. You're going on my strength and not your own. Have you ever sat down and looked at everything you did and said, I know it wasn't me. I know it was God. That's because you were empowered by him. But guess what? Give you that empowerment too. He give you the strength, but God know your heart. God ain't going to give you something outside of your heart. The heart plays a big factor in that. Your heart got to be right before the Lord. I can say I want to do something all day long, but if my heart ain't right, God ain't going to empower that. I want you to know that. God does not empower anything that is not of him. So we know that our dependency has to be on God. It cannot be upon ourselves. We went over David and Goliath. David had a relationship with God. He fellowship. He was dependent upon God. Y'all know what he did in that battle? David trusted God. He already knew the battle was already the battle was already won before he even went to battle. We have to know that the victory has already been won even before the enemy comes in to attack. We got to know that Jesus already paid the price. So when something comes, we can laugh at it because we know what he's already done. If you in your word, you know what he's already done. And Clem, we're learning. You do not answer a fool according to his folly. In Proverbs 26, if someone is acting like a fool, you don't have to answer that foolishness. But the, then the Bible say, answer a fool according to his folly. Meaning that you giving truth and you letting them know what you believe, but you ain't getting tied up in their mess. How many of us get tied up in people's mess? Trying to prove ourselves. Trying to explain ourselves. Because we want to look good in front of people. You don't have to explain yourself to nobody. Just live the life. For Christ that you need to live. I never saw in the Bible where Jesus tried to explain anything outside the word. He didn't. He just gave the word. Only thing you need to do is give the word and go on. But how can you give something that you're not into? And see, this is why we have so much division in the body of Christ. The Bible said a divided house will not stand. The enemy comes to divide and conquer. So if half of the house is getting the word and the other half ain't getting the word, what are you going to have? You're going to have division. You're going to have a split church. That means the other half is going to try to start their own church based on what they believe outside of what the Bible is saying. You got to know for yourself truth. So then we go on and we look at the next part of that verse. Remember, the first thing you have to do is depend on who? Depend on who? Depend on who? Depend on who? 
God, because let me tell you something, man will fail you. Man will fail you. They can only go but so far. But God already knows. So that's the one that we need to depend on. The next thing he says is put on. We talked about when you put on, it's just like putting on your clothes. I don't believe some of us are going to go out naked. We want to be fully dressed, right? We want to have on our undergarments. We want to put on our clothes and we go where we need to go. So we, we putting them on. So God is saying, put on the whole armor of God. So I gave you scriptures last time on putting on that armor. We talked about Ephesians 4, 2, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So when you put on that new man, that's that new life you have in Christ. That's in your spirit. The spirit part of you has everything you need, but the enemy is after your soul. See, the kingdom is in the spirit part of you. That's where God resides. That's the new you. That's your new identity. The enemy can't touch your spirit, but he can go after the soul all day long. And this is what God shared with me. God said the enemy is trying to set up his kingdom in your soul. He cannot set it up in your spirit, but he's setting up the darkness in your soul area, your mind, your will, and your emotions. See what God did. He created us in his image and in his likeness, right? So we have his spirit. That's the way that we communicate with God. We worship him in spirit and in truth. The devil, no, I can't touch your spirit. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go after your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So if I go after your mind, your will, and your emotions, I'm going to set up a kingdom in you according to my characteristics, according to my way of doing. He's setting up a stronghold. And a stronghold is a fortress. It's an area in your life that you in bondage due to your way of thinking. When David would, would go hide from the enemy, he would go into a stronghold. And that stronghold was a fortress where the enemy could not come in and attack David. So the enemy is using a fortress in your mind due to your way of thinking to attack you. So you cannot feed off of your spirit. I want y'all to catch this. His kingdom is set up in your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. The Bible said, whatever a man thinketh, so is he. So does he become. If he can get you to think opposite to truth, guess what? That's what you're going to become. This is how people become liars. Because they're thinking opposite to the truth. So he's setting up his kingdom in your soul. This is why you have to know the truth. The Bible say when you know the truth, that's when you're free. If you're not knowing the truth, even though you free and he freed you over 2000 years ago, you're going to live like you're not free. Whatever the word say is true. Y'all, it does not change. So what do you rather go on? Do you rather go on things that change or you rather go on the word which never change? He said, I'm the same today, yesterday and forever. He said, I change not. So he said, put on the new man. Listen at this, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. The new man is in your spirit. How do you put it on? What he's talking about is when you work from inside out. When your mind is renewed and you're living according to that new man, people are seeing the characteristics of that new man. 
They're seeing the peace. They're seeing the love. They're seeing the joy. They're seeing the meekness. They're seeing the faithfulness. They're seeing the long suffering. They're seeing the goodness. They're seeing the fruit of the spirit. They're not seeing the works of your flesh. See, they're seeing that you have put on the new man because that's how you're living according to the new man and not according to that old life that you used to live. We talked about the sin nature that all of us had in us before we became believers. All of us had a sin nature in us that compelled us, that controlled us to sin. What woke up this sin nature? Some people did not in the Old Testament know that they were sinning. They thought that was a way of life. They thought that was how it's supposed to be. But when God gave the law, When the law came, that law woke up that sin nature. When the law said not to covet, that sin nature would compel. It would drive you to do something that the law told you not to do. The law was just um, helping you to know that you were a sinner and you needed Jesus. Because that sin nature that was in people, they lived any kind of way and thought that was normal. But when you become born again, you no longer have that sin nature in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit, what he does is he speaks of righteousness. He speaks of the characteristics of God. The Holy Spirit lets you know who you are now that you're in Christ. So that sin nature and the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in the same temple. So we have to understand who we are and we have to understand what we have. From being who we are in God. So we're created in righteousness and true holiness. That's that new man. And people see that by the way you live. The next thing I talked about. Romans 13, 12 through 14. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Before you can put on armor. You got to cast off. You got to cast off the works of darkness. What are the works of darkness? We got a lot of works of darkness, jealousy, strife, bitterness, offense, rejection. Whatever does not represent Jesus is a work of darkness. Whatever does not represent Jesus is a work of darkness. Anything in your life that does not represent him is a work of darkness. Everybody know what darkness is. Everybody know when they're walking in darkness. Everybody know when they're walking in hatred. Everybody know when they're walking in anger. Everybody know what's in them that's not right. So you got to cast that off. You got to get rid of that. And God was sharing with me once again in Numbers um, 33. This was when God told them about the promised land. Now God had given them the promised land, but he said, when you go into that land, This is what you have to do. And this is what I love about God. God don't just give us something. He warns us what comes from what he has given us. Have y'all noticed that? God always lets you know what's going to happen if you don't do what he's telling you to do. And it's not on God, it's on us. That's what a loving father does. If a loving father tells their children, don't touch that stove when it's hot. If you touch that stove when it's hot, you're going to get burnt. That loving father, the loving mother is telling the child, this is what's going to happen if you do this. So once they do it, it ain't the mother and father's fault because they forewarn you what not to do. So why do we blame other people when you're told what not to do? That's on you. That ain't on God. Go with me to Numbers, the book of Numbers. 
We're going somewhere because we're in a spiritual battle and we got to know how to fight. Numbers 33. And God is saying this to his people. And this is going to help you in that warfare. This is what he said in 3350. Numbers 33 verse 50. Now the Lord spoke to Moses. Who was Moses? He was the leader. He was the one that was leading the people. Now let me break it down. When you are a leader and God has you leading someone, he's going to give you the instructions to give the people you are leading. God is always a God of order. Just like God will have me as the shepherd over this house. He have to have a shepherd over this house. He have to have someone to bring down what he's implementing to his people. So he gave it to who? He gave it to Moses. And Moses said, and in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho saying, speak to the children of Israel. And I'm speaking to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry and whoever watching live. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out. Y'all listen. All the inhabitants of the land from before you. Destroy all their engraved stones, destroy all their molding images, and demolish all their high places. You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it, for I have given you the land to possess. Let me break it down. You have become born again. You're born from above and not born of this earth. So God has given you everything you need in your spirit. But God said, when you were not born again, when you had not accepted me, you had some habits that that sin nature left behind. You had some stuff that you were taught that wasn't right. You had some stuff that you did that wasn't right. God said, when after you get born again, he said, you got to get rid of that stuff. Come on, somebody. It's, it's in you. You got to get rid of that stuff. He said, go in that land. He said, I want you to literally destroy all of these things. Why do you think God have me teaching you about strongholds, about strife? All these things that we have talked about, people have it in the body of Christ. Lust, spirit of perversion. If you went out and fornicated, adultery, lied, stole, whatever you have done, God has forgiven you for it, but it left behind some garbage. It left behind some things that you used to do. If you were in gluttony all the time, gluttony is a sin, by the way. If you just sat there and ate all day long because that's all you felt like you wanted to do, come on, you got to get rid of that. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You can't let gluttony hold you from doing what God has called you to do because y'all come on now. All this stuff that you were used to doing, dipping in a dabbing. When you get born again and you got the Holy Spirit in you, your flesh is still going to cut up and want to dip and dab. I know what I'm talking about. If you had lust in you, that lust, guess what? He forgave all the sin, but that body was used to that lust. I'll give you an example, y'all. We're going to talk food. After you got saved, did you still love pig feet? (laughs) After you got saved, did you still love pork chop? After you got saved, did you still love the drink? After you got saved, did you still love the smoke? 
Because the spirit, the real you is what got born again. Your soul still got to be dealt with through the, oh, I know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't dip. Don't act like you don't lie just because you saved. You told one this morning. You said it wasn't a lie, but if somebody asked you how I look this morning, girl, you look good, you lied. Come on, all that got to be dealt with through the word of God. Come on, I'm going to break it down. These are things that you got to get rid of. Quit saying, oh, Lord, if you're here, don't let me go to that woman house tonight. Lord, keep me in this bed. Keep me, Lord. You say, you keep me if I want to be kept. And then you look over there at that woman. Come on, somebody. That's where you want to be kept. But I guarantee you, when you get into the word of God, dealing with what you're dealing with, you will be kept if you want to be kept. Because the word of God will transform you. It will change you. It will let you know it's no longer you who live. The life you live in now is for Christ. I died so you don't have to go through what you're going through no more. Oh, I know I'm speaking right. Because I done been there. Now all that fornicating part and adultery, I ain't done in that now. Because <laughs> I made up my mind. I want to say this. I got to say this. I got to say it. Do not blame adultery and fornication on it was in me. And you know, it just, 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 just in me. I learned this though. I learned this even when I wasn't saved. When I thought I was in love with somebody, I didn't dip and dab in somebody else's house. Some things you just won't do. You won't do. Because you still know what to do, what's right. But some of us still choose to do what's wrong. Because even when I wasn't born again, I didn't hang out everywhere. I didn't drink. Lord knows I tried to cuss and didn't master that. Because that ain't the way I was brought up. I was brought up being good, but yet still I wasn't. I acted like it. But everything that act good still ain't good. You got to accept Jesus. Just because you go to church don't mean you save. Just because you're giving people money and visiting rest homes and doing all that. That, that still don't mean you're going to miss hell. You got to accept what he's already done for you. Ain't nobody good. None ain't good but him. So we have to understand these things, y'all. He said you got to get rid of these things. Anything you make up your mind to do, you can do it. How do I know? Go get a bad doctor's report and they telling you, you got to come off of all this stuff that you eating. Man, in five days, you look like you done lost 10 pounds. It wasn't the food. It was the worration. Wasn't the food because, you know, you ain't backed off too much. It was worration. They said, oh, you done lost that way because you done worried so much. Anything you make up your mind to do, you will do it. My mind was fully made up. When I went through in my mind, through depression, and y'all, that was the worst moment 
that I never thought I would go through something like that. And I never knew how deep it was until the devil was coming at me from all angles. Couldn't share it with nobody. Couldn't tell. It was just like, Lord, I don't know what's going on. But I was calling on him even when I hadn't accepted him because that's the way I was taught. But I knew it was more to it than just that. But when I made up my mind, y'all, I'm thinking if I get saved, all of this is going to vanish. So I said, I'm going to get saved. So I got saved and it got worse. So I said, Lord, now I'm saved. Why do I still have this feeling I can't explain? But one thing I did not do, I did not turn from salvation. I said, Lord, if anybody can help me, I know you can. And I hung in there, y'all, with the scriptures. I went to bed with them. I talked about them. It seemed like the more I did it, the worse it got. But I remember it was a day in my life I was on my job. And as I was sitting there on that job, that feeling hit me to the point I was just going to leave and not tell nobody nothing. And I heard the spirit of the living God say to me, trust me. Don't move. Trust me. And I said, God, I'm trying to trust you. He said, trust me. That's all I heard. Trust me. And I said, God, I'm going to trust you. Through the shaking on my job, through the nervousness, feeling like I was about to explode, the only thing I could hang on to was trust me. Couldn't comb my hair in the morning. Couldn't hold my child. Couldn't stand for my child to be in the room with me. Couldn't go eat in places because I had a torment and a fear that would come on me if my husband wanted to stop just to get some food. I would lie to him and say, let's go through the drive-thru. Couldn't sit around people because I felt inferior. I felt rejected. I would start shaking. Felt like I was going to lose my mind. The spirit of suicide was in my head saying, why are you staying here? You ain't got nothing to live for. But the day I made up my mind and I called on Jesus and I say, God, you said I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And if you can't help me. Nobody can help me. They were telling me to double up on the pills. And he said, double up, didn't have time to talk to me. And the Lord told me, he said, get rid of the pill. Trust me. Trust me. I will put them in my pocketbook. You're not trusting me. Put them in the medicine cabinet. You're not trusting me. He said, get rid of them. And the day I threw them away, It's like my mind snapped back in place. It snapped back in place enough for me to dig deeper, y'all, into the word of God. God said, fear has torment. Fear will paralyze you. It got times when I was working at the hospital. And let me interject this. I'm not telling anybody to get off their medication. If you're not in a place with God to do it, do not do it. Because I was in the word of God and God knew where I was and he knew where my heart was. And I remember I was working at the hospital and people come in with all kind of diagnosis. This girl come in my office and she started telling me what was going on with her. Now, I'm the manager, so I'm listening to her and she's telling me why she can't come to work and telling me all this. And all of a sudden, fear came in and tried to torment me. When I went home, we was playing volleyball, and I told my husband, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I was taking on her symptoms. 
God had to teach me through this word to let me know what was real and what was not real. He says, a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. He said, what are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to believe? So every day it was a fight, but it was a fight of faith. And God taught me along the way. Why did he teach me? And sometimes I say, God, why did I have to go through what I went through? God said, it wasn't for you. It was for somebody else. He said, you went through not only for you, but you went through for somebody else. And this is what I told God. I said, God, I wouldn't put this on my worst enemy. So let me tell you something. I know the tricks. I know how the enemy tried to trick your mind. I know how the enemy tried to come in and distort things. I know all this because I done been there and done done that. I know those spirits that's behind people saying something that I know you're lying about. Why? I done been there. I done done that. See, God got to raise somebody up to be in a place to help you get out of the place that you're in. But you can only get out of the place with a made up mind. You got to make up your mind. Whom are you going to serve? So when God told me, get them inhabitants out of your mind. That's taking control of your body. Get them out. So every day I had to get them out through the word of God. I had to work on my mind through the word of God. It's all in what you want to do. Some things you back off of because you don't want to deal with it. But you're supposed to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. So God had me dealing with things one behind another. One behind another. I'm just dealing with it. And I deal with that. Something else come. God would speak to me from the time I get up in the morning to the time I lay my head in the bed at night. Because as soon as my feet hit the floor, the devil will come in on me. This is going to happen to you. That's going to happen. That's the devil. You are a liar. God taught me how to fight. This is what I'm teaching you. I'm not bringing these things in this church just to bring it because y'all, the heat done got turned up. The heat done got turned up. Y'all think I'm playing. People are literally letting the devil use them to a point. They're blaming people for what they're going through. Go back to Genesis. Who did they blame each other? When people go through stuff, They put the blame on somebody to say, this is why I'm going through what I'm going through. No, you chose to go through what you're going through. It was up to you to reject it or accept it. You allowed the enemy, by the enemy using that person, you accepted what the enemy was bringing through that person when you didn't have to. So you got to learn what to accept and what not to accept. You got to know what to say and what not to say. Everything don't need no answer. When you always trying to answer, that's pride. When you always trying to explain yourself, that's pride. Sometimes you just have to study to be quiet. You don't need to say nothing. What did he tell them with the battle of Jericho? He told him not to say nothing. 
He said, you shout on the seventh day. When I say shout, you walk around that wall and you say nothing. Some of y'all got walls in your life due to people, due to their backlash dealing with you. Come on, begin to praise him instead of falling prey to the enemy. Begin to praise God for what he has done in your life and for what he's doing in their lives. And things will begin to change. So your mind. You have inhabitants in your mind. He said, tear down these altars that you build up in your mind. What are these altars? It's idols that you're worshiping. Some of y'all may say, I don't have no idols in my mind. I, mm-mm, yes, you do. Because if you got your husband, your wife, your children, your animals, your job, if you put in all that before you put God, that is an idol. You got to tear those down. God said you got to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow me. Everything that you put in ahead of me, you got to bring it down. Because at the end of the day, when all of that is said and done, God said, I'm still here. Why do we put people and things before we put God? Because that's who we put our trust in. But when we trust in him totally and completely, we will see his glory. I don't know about you, but by me and my husband putting our trust in him, we are seeing God's glory. Y'all, let me tell you, recently my, our daughter had open heart surgery. And I'm going to tell you something. Very expensive open heart surgery. Some of you know it's very expensive open heart surgery. Before that, she had another surgery. Some of y'all didn't even know about that. She had that. Things went on in that. Some of y'all don't know about that. Because we don't tell everything that go on. We trust God. And in all those situations, this last surgery, she was going to be a month out of work. Actually, two months. One month, she had enough time. The second month, She didn't have enough time, no money. So her bills still go on, amen? But I told my daughter, I said, baby, I said, you know what? The lady is saying that people will give you time. This is what my daughter said. This is how God knows your heart. She said, mama, I don't want to take nobody time because a lady just went out with cancer. I think she is more important, basically what she was saying, than I am. I said, baby, I understand that. But God is telling, put it in. If they give, they give. If they don't, they don't. But I want you to put it in. She put it in. And before she put it in, I was already speaking. God, you know what she need. God, you said you supply all of her needs according to your riches and glory. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Come to find out when my daughter put it in, one person gave her 72 hours. Before she finished, she had a hundred. Come on, God. God is a good God. She had a hundred and four hours. Nothing missing. Come on, somebody. You got to be in place to hear God. You can't depend on your flesh. We turned it over to him. I ain't got time to worry about that. Because I'm doing a work for the Lord. I have to keep my mind focused on him, not focused on what I don't have. I have to glorify him for what he's already given me. Come on, you got to see his hand in this. The only way you can see God's hand in it is you let go. Some of us are not willing to let go because we think we know more than God. We think we got man to lean on when something happened. No, you don't. 
Everybody got situations they go through. You can't count on a person because you see them driving a nice car or living in a nice house. You can't count on them thinking that they're making big bucks. You don't know what that household going through. I don't care if they're making 100000 75000 a year. You don't know what's dependent on that money. That's covetousness. That's greed. You got to get rid of those inhabitants. God said you got to cast them down. You got to demolish them. I have given you weapons to destroy those things in your life. For the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. For casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. He's telling you cast it down. If it's trying to be above me, he said, you got to cast it down. Quit praying. Oh, God, get rid of this God. That old devil, he's coming at me, God. That old devil, you giving the devil glory. Because God is giving you mighty weapons. He's telling you to use those weapons. See, everybody don't know what everybody go through. Everybody, you're not the only one going through. It's how people go through in battle. Some people may call people. Some people may not call people. But it's how you go in that battle and fight. But I tell you this, you better know who to call. You better not call nobody that you're telling them what's going on with you. And in their mind, they're saying, oh, Lord, you're going to die tonight. And then they're telling you, let us pray. You better have discerning of spirits to know that person saying you're going to die. You better watch how they live before you go to them. If you see them all the time, oh, I'm aching. I'm going to the emergency room. And then they're telling you, by Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Hmm. So we got to cast off this stuff. And guess what God said is going to happen if you don't get rid of this stuff. Now, your spirit, it's been washed by the blood. You've been forgiven. All of these things God have done for you in your spirit. That's the new you. Your soul is what you're dealing with on a daily basis. Y'all, I got news for you. Your soul did not get saved. It was your spirit. You're supposed to feed off of your spirit. And the only way you can feed off of your spirit is through renewing your mind and knowing who you are. But guess what he say happens if you don't do this? Check this out. Verse 55, but if you do not, listen at this, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, y'all hear this? He said, if you don't drive them out, then it shall be that those whom you let remain, whatever you let remain, shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you. Your Bible may say vex. You in the land you dwell. Did y'all hear that? So if you being harassed by anything. If you being tormented by anything. It's because you allowed them to live there. You allowed. God said you got to get rid of it. How do you do it? Through the word of God. Through the word of God. So we got to go into the word of God. Whatever situation you have in. Y'all, it's an answer in the Bible. 
And the more that you speak it, the devil's mad. He's going to use somebody. He got to use a body, y'all. Did y'all know he got to use a body? He got to have a body. Look at your neighbor and say, he might be sitting beside me today. (laughs) Say, I don't know until I push a button. Say, I don't know until I push a button. Say, if I hit the right button, you know. Say, don't act like you don't know. Say, you know me. All of us got something on the inside. Yes, we do. You got to drive out those inhabitants. I don't know y'all married couples, being married and you knowing each other for years. Now, I love all y'all in here and I love my husband. That man sitting over there, he'll let me know what's in me if I ain't got rid of it yet. Thank the Lord for that because I say I got to drive you out of here. Drive you out of here. Nobody can make you madder than a spouse. Single people, thank the Lord, because nobody can make you madder but you. (laughs) Even though you by yourself, you make you mad. You fight with you. (laughs) And some of you be fighting with you all the time. I see you walking through your house, slamming stuff down, just fighting with yourself. (laughs) Where I put that? (laughs) I know it was here. Devil, what you do? Don't come up on me like that. Mm-hmm. Fighting. All of us have a fight, and it's within, y'all. You got to deal with those inhabitants that you allowed to stay there. And this is what happens when you don't deal with it. It deal with you, and it deal with other people. This is why you're dealing with rudeness. This is why you're dealing with offense. This is why you're dealing with jealousy, envy, backbiting. You're dealing with all of these things because people won't let them go. They think they got to hold on to those things. He said, get rid of them because if you don't get rid of them, they're going to harass you. They're going to oppress you. You're not going to be able to live in this land that I have given you in peace because you're holding on to some things. Let go of that hurt you had 20 years ago with that man you used to be with. God has given you a loving man, a loving wife. Leave that stuff alone. Renew your mind. Everything they do ain't enough. Because you ain't got over your hurt. You're not going to find a perfect man or a perfect woman. They're perfect in their spirit if they're born again. But guess what? Until they renew their mind, you're going to have some mess. That's why we get taught. Some people say, I thought you were a Christian. That's what they throw up in your face. I thought you was a Christian. Oh, that didn't change. I have eternal salvation. But you eternally made me mad. (laughs) But the Lord done forgave me and I'm asking you to forgive me. And that's when I make a U-turn. And don't go back that way again. Quit trying to act like you're so holy. You can't say nothing or do something that's wrong. God done forgave you for what he know you were going to say and do before you did it. But the more you renew your mind, you ain't going to want to go that way no more. The more you get to know God, the more you live in the life that you need to live for God. Some of us are living for people. Get over people. Because when you do good, they're going to talk about you. 
When you do bad, they're still going to talk about you. But when they find out who they are in Christ, they can't talk about you no more because they're dealing with them too much. A person that deal with them too much ain't got time to worry about what you do and what you don't do. We deal with it so it won't deal with us. When God took me back again to Genesis, I want y'all to check this out. Now, I'm going to get to the part that it says we want to put on the whole armor, not half of it, the whole armor. So we can stand against, stand against means to oppose. Anytime you opposing somebody, you standing up for what you believe. Is that correct? He said, put on the whole armor so you can stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil is his deceit, his trickery. Now, let me tell you how smart the devil is. The devil don't have authority over you, not unless you give it to him. The devil don't have power over you, not unless you give it to him. Because he's powerless when it comes to born again people. When you go back to that garden, look what the devil did. He picked a serpent, y'all. The Bible said that that serpent was more cunning and crafty than any animal that God had created. Check this out. Why couldn't Satan use a lion and jump on him and say, eat that fruit? Check it out. Think about it. Why couldn't he use a lion, a bear, a mammoth, a big elephant, put that big foot on them and say, you're going to eat that fruit. Now eat it. Y'all check it out. Check it out. That show you he didn't have no power. Check it out. Follow me. He didn't use a lion. He didn't use a bear. He didn't use a big elephant. All of that could have dominated them and say, eat it or you die. Right? What he used was deception. Now understand this. When we dealing with the Garden of Eden, these people had no sickness to worry about. They ain't had no adultery because of just them two. They had none of that stuff to worry about because everything God created was good. So Satan had to come in a way to trick them. The only thing the enemy used is deceit to trick you. Here goes scripture. Let's talk about David. Y'all know old David who loved the Lord with all of his heart, right? But David messed up, right? When we go to 1 Chronicles 21, verse 1 and 2, I'm reading it expanded. Satan was against an adversary opposed Israel. Satan is against who? The body of Christ. And he caused David to count, take census of the people of Israel. Now, how was that wrong? It was wrong because David always trusted in God no matter how many people he had. He didn't have to do all that because he put his trust in God. So listen at this. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, go and count, take a census of all the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan, the whole expanse of Israel from south to north. Then tell me so I will know how many they are. David ain't never worried about that because he knew he had God on his side. So he knew he didn't have to take census, but he began to take a thought. Because of the devil. 
But Joab said, listen at this, the one that was under him. May the Lord give the nation or army a hundred times more people. My master, Lord, the king, all the Israelites are your servants. Why do you want me to do this, my master? You will make Israel guilty of sin. Why should you bring guilt judgment to Israel? Where am I going? Deceit. Trickery. Satan used something to get in the midst of them Israelites because he knew they were God's people. Satan uses stuff in the church to get in the midst of God's people because he want to try to stop what God is doing because he don't want people to know the truth. So David, the head over those people, the enemy got to, but thank God he had somebody that was under him that knew truth, told him what truth was, but David didn't want to hear that. But they knew truth. And y'all know what happened that. Things came on them because of David's disobedience. You better know who you following. I'm here to give you what the word says. If I go outside of the word and tell you to do something opposite of the word, you don't need to be doing it. That's why you need to search the word for yourself. And if it's something that I'm saying that you don't understand, wisdom is the principal thing, but in all you're getting, get understanding. Because some things you may not understand that I'm saying because you're not mature in the Lord to understand it. But I believe God make it so simple that even a child will pick it up and take it back home to you and tell you what I said. Some things you cannot hear what I'm saying is because you got inhabitants in the land that's keeping you from hearing truth, which was rebellion, which is disobedience, which is stubbornness, which is hatred, which is anger. It will keep you from hearing. So the enemy wants you to keep them inhabitants. So when truth is coming, you saying something that I didn't say or saying something somebody else didn't say because you want to keep doing what you're doing. That's truth. So if you don't get those things out, those inhabitants out of the land, the enemy is using deceit. He's using trickery to make you feel some kind of way, and that's not the way it is. So David, he didn't take on what God told him to take on because fear come in. David ain't lost no battles. He just let the devil come in and trick him. Another one we look at is Ananias and Sapphira. Y'all remember in the book of Acts what happened to them. They had land and everybody was in agreement that when that land was sold. Now understand this. I want y'all to understand this. When you make an agreement with somebody, your word is your, your word is your bond. Anytime you go buy a house, you buy a car, you go get credit cards, whatever you get, your word is your what? Bond. I'm going to talk about me. I remember when I was so far in debt, I couldn't pay attention. Every credit card I can get, I don't care if it was 300, I don't care if it was 100, I felt like I was rich. What about you? I felt like I had something until... I ran them up and couldn't get nothing off of them. So I tried to get smart. See, the devil was using me. I wasn't saved then. I tried to get smart. I pay it on it. And when it hit, I take it back off, get my money back. How many do that? I did that. I was there. We, we take it, put it up there, take it off because this is what we do. We try to make ends meet, right? 
So I would do that and do that. And and then it became a mountain full of debt. So when I got born again and I started going into the word of God and said, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. And I was reading all that and and it was saying that the bar is subject to the lender. Y'all know that I'm reading all that. I just felt grieved in my spirit. It's okay to have credit cards, but you don't let credit cards have you. Y'all understand that it's okay to have credit cards, but I learned this through my experience. Just because I can get a card don't mean I need to run it up because how am I going to pay for it? That interest occurs every month. They get higher and higher. One month you may be paying 50. The next month it jumped to 75. They know how to get you. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You call the people. Why did this go up? Duh. You didn't read the fine print. So you're mad now. Now you're angry. Then that anger leads to jealousy because you see somebody else looking good like they know they would and, and dressing nice. And now you mad because you can't go buy you no clothes because they keeping on keeping. I know I'm talking right. I'm trying to help you with these inhabitants. So what I did when I got saved, I never forget this. They were called about them bills, right? Before I got mature in the Lord, I'm like, you can't get blood out of a turnip. I learned that one ignorant I knew I owed them people but every time they called I would use that excuse I ain't got it messing up my credit didn't care but one day y'all when I had a little meeting with God and I began to talk to God and God began to talk to me I began to repent I said God it's not their fault it's mine and God I'm asking for forgiveness Because they gave me that money and I agreed to pay that money and I'm not doing it. So I repent. I said, Lord, help me to get these bills in order. When your bills are out of order and they're not working like you think they need to work, it's going to be strife in that home. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about these inhabitants we got to get rid of. Amen. So when my husband, finally I said, (laughs) I'm going to let him take over the bills. But before that, when I prayed to the Lord and God's going to let you go through y'all, you're going to go through some things, but I guarantee you, if you trust him, you'll come out. When God truly know your heart and he truly know you don't want to be in debt and he truly know you're doing the right thing and you're not just doing it just to be doing it to look good. When God knew my heart, y'all, guess what? All three of them babies got wrapped up, got paid off. And I learned I don't open up a card just to get some. I use it wisely. And I pay on it the right way. Because I don't care how much money you make. If your debt ratio is high and you still got a good credit score, you get nothing. Can't help no one, even yourself. So I learned from that experience. And getting to the homes when you have a husband and a wife, when you're trying to make ends meet and you're trying to borrow from Peter to pay Paul, putting this here, putting that there, and calling and say, I need to make an arrangement. I need a deferment. I remember them deferments, them arrangements, and they got old. So one day I said, I'm going to turn it all over to my husband. I'm going to let him feel what I'm feeling, the wrath. So I'm sitting there explaining everything to my husband. I'll tell you how strife can come in your home. If you ever see this man scratch his head, he ain't following you. The more he scratched, the more I tried to talk my way out of it. 
He scratched. I'm talking. He'll stop and say, well, I want to ask you a question, man. I say, yeah, ask me. How did this get like this? I'm calm. I looked at him. I said, we ain't going to worry about that. We, we, we getting it right now. <laughs> we ain't worrying about the past. We talking about right now. He said, okay. So I'm just giving him everything. He starts scratching again. Well, Amanda, I need to know how this got like this. I said, you know what? Did you eat? Yeah. Do you have clothes? Yes. So why are you asking me? You had everything that you need. What did I just tell you? <laughs> Strife in the home. Because I couldn't explain my way out of it. It's just in a mess. Now I want him to have the mess. So finally, I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I come to my Holy Ghost senses. It's already worked out. And it did. God showed me how to get out of debt. And the thing about God is, I got so content in what I had, I wasn't worrying about getting nothing else. And when I wasn't worrying about getting nothing else, things was falling in my lap. Because God heard my heart. I said, God, if I can't be faithful for five, don't give me 50. And I meant it for my heart. God broke me way down. I had to get greed out. I had to get covenants out. I had to get pride out. I had to get jealous. Everything came in my house one behind another because sin lied at the door and it waited on me. So I opened it up and everything else came behind it. And I got mad at other people on the job because they kept on going on and eating out. And I couldn't eat out no more. So I held that in my heart. So don't tell me I don't know. I done been there, done done that, but I made a change. Church, it is time for change in the church. You cannot go outside this church and try to make people change when you're being deceitful and allowing the enemy to use you. God already know your heart and people that are in the spirit on the Lord's day know when you're lying. Because they're in the word of God. They know when you're lying. So it's time. I haven't even got to the armor. Because all of these things got to be taken care of. I'm on two verses for three Sundays. You got to catch it. You got to catch it. Because we as Christians are letting the enemy use us in the church. Because we ain't getting these inhabitants out the land. When you're in the word the way you need to, when you be still and know God, you will know his heart and you will know the people's heart that's around you. And it will help us to keep our mouth shut because everybody's situation is different, but we're here to help one another. Every joint supplies. So we're going to keep on with this armor. Because we're in a spiritual battle and it's right between our eyes. Do not be conformed to this world. But be ye transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. We don't mind cutting off stuff that don't represent God. I know I don't. Anything in my life. I can give y'all this, and I, I'm, I'm going to share this because I'm ignorant to some things, but I'm not ashamed of my game. And the reason why I share this, because I'm letting y'all know, 
that through the things that I share, it's going to help you. When you do something that's not right and you know it's not right, you don't have to wait two, three days later to get it right. If the Holy Spirit is telling you it's not right, deal with it then before it deals with you. I have learned through preaching for 23 years that anything that don't feel right, don't look right, I have to get it right. Because I have to answer to God. I can't say you did this or you did that. I have to answer to him. So I'm telling you today, whatever you have in your heart that ain't right, you know what it is. Whatever you holding, whatever inhabitants is on that land that you need to get rid of, get rid of it. Don't keep it because somebody done you wrong or because somebody ain't doing you right. Say, God, I want to empty out. I want to be able to hear you even the more. I'm tired of going backwards, God. I want to move forward in the things of God. You cannot put on that armor with darkness. He said, put on the armor of light. Light and darkness don't mix. Get rid of it, church. The word will show you what you need to get rid of. God will show you what you need to do and how you need to do it. He's about life and life more abundantly. Do not bow down to keep friends. What's wrong is wrong and what's right is right. Amen. So I thank God for the teaching that he's bringing in this house. And I pray that the teaching that he's bringing in is helping you in a way to say, Lord, you are El Roy. You see me. And you know what I need. Is there anyone in this house today that don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior? The only way that you can get to heaven is through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through him. Jesus paid the price that we could not pay. He paid the price of sin. Sin separated us from God. And the only way that sin could be dealt with was through death, through the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no what? Remission of sin. So is there one in this room today that know that they need Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior? Now is your time. We don't want you to miss it. Amen. Because we don't know the day or the hour that he's coming. And don't wait on saying, I got to quit doing this and I got to quit doing that. You cannot save yourself. Jesus already paid the price. He said, come just as you are. Jesus paid the price from anything, everything that anyone will be going through in this room on today. Amen. He said, just come just as you are. Amen. It's not too late. No matter what you've done, when you've done it. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you.
and we will see you next week.